Talk. So we've got a new U.S. House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, finally, after what, like 14 rounds of voting hasn't happened since pre-Civil War, which is pretty incredible to think about the history that was made. And while some say that it was a disaster, that it was uh, extremely unfortunate, even some characterizing the dissenting votes all those rounds as, quote, terrorists within their own party, the Republican caucus, uh, there seemed to be a push to have some uh, changes on how things are run in the U.S. House. So welcome back. Springfield's Morning News. I'm Greg Bishop on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. Uh, and it was interesting to hear over the past week the difference of, uh, you know, people saying that this was an unmitigated disaster, that there was actually deliberation on who should be the next House Speaker instead of it just being rubber stamped within the party. Versus those that said, this is a deliberative process, and this shows that democracy works in the United States, that they're actually having these conversations. Now, the conversations that were had were about forming a more, uh, I guess, in a way, uh, house that would further uh, look into actual oversight, to actually debate the bills that they're talking about, to actually go through and 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 have discussions about how your tax dollars are being spent. So, uh, interesting again to see those two sides and those two perspectives. But I did see kind of a throwback to why uh, some people on on the side of saying this is a deliberative process, uh, a throwback to uh, the late U.S. Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia uh, making some uh, some comments about government and how exactly government uh, it operates and whether or not uh, you know we should uh, have a government that just literally rubber stamps things all over the place. Here is the late Justice Antonin Scalia. And, uh, you know, the, the Europeans look at the system and they say, well, it passes one house, it doesn't pass the other house, sometimes the other house is in the control of a different party, it passes both, and then this president who has a veto power vetoes it, and they look at this and they say, uh, it, is, it is gridlock. And, and I, I hear Americans saying this nowadays, and there's a lot of it going around. They, they talk about a dysfunctional government. Be, be, because there's disagreement, and, 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 they, and the framers would have said, yes, that's exactly the way we set it up. We, we wanted this to be power, uh, contradicting power, because the main, uh, the main ill that beset us, as, as Hamilton said in, in The Federalist, when he talked about a separate Senate, he said, yes, it seems inconvenient, but inasmuch as the main ill that besets us is an excess of legislation, it won't be so bad. This is 1787. He didn't know what an excess of legislation was. So uh, uh, unless Americans can appreciate that and learn, learn to love the separation of powers, which means learning to love the gridlock, which the framers believed would be the main protection of minorities, the main protection. If, if a bill is about to pass that really comes down hard on some minority, they think it's terribly unfair, it doesn't take much to throw a monkey wrench into, into, this, into this complex system. So Americans should, uh, should appreciate that, and, and they should learn to love the gridlock. There's something about that. Learn to love the gridlock. Justice Antonin Scalia talking a bit about the, uh, the 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 way the government in the United States was set up, our constitutional republic. Uh, it's not supposed to be just rubber stamp stuff and then get on with your day and let these people make you know 150000 $60,000 or whatever uh, members of the uh, U.S. House make. But uh, a deliberative process took place, and that deliberative process ultimately did lead to uh, the speakership going to Kevin McCarthy. In their tallies that the total number of votes cast 
is 428, of which the Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the State of California has received 216. So he gets it. McCarthy gets the the votes necessary. Uh, And then it was time for the gavel to be passed. The Democratic leader, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, he got up and uh, made a bit of a a speech and uh, did a little bit of what we know in the business as alliteration. Uh, Here is uh, the, the, I guess, the handing over of the gavel speech that Hakeem Jeffries uh, provided just as he handed the gavel to the new House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry, the Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting, hopefulness over hatred, inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial overreach, knowledge over kangaroo courts, liberty over limitation, maturity over Mar-a-Lago, normalcy over negativity, opportunity over obstruction, people over politics, quality of life issues over QAnon, reason really over curious racism, what he's do with X substance and Z. over slander, triumph over tyranny, understanding over ugliness, voting rights over voter suppression, working families over the well-connected, xenial over xenophobia, yes we can over you can't do it, and zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. So, uh, yeah, Hakeem Jeffries there uh, making a, a, a interesting alliteration of sorts going through the entire alphabet. Uh, so definitely wanted to share that. But uh, you got the speakership now in the hands of Republicans. Uh, you've got Kevin McCarthy from California winning enough votes to get that uh, get that speakership. And he laid out uh, what he says are some of the, the main reasons uh, why there was this this. Uh, ongoing feud within the Republican Party uh, and and how they exactly would uh, go about governing now. So, uh, you know, he gets up and kind of jokes a bit about... Well, that was easy, huh? <laughs> that was easy. Yeah. Uh, but there was also I chanting. I never thought we'd get up here. Yeah. So... Some of the things that uh, McCarthy laid out was, uh, you know, the first act going to be moving to suspend the spending on more FBI, not FBI, but uh, IRS agents. That was part of the uh, large spending package that uh, the lawmakers passed uh, last year and included, what, like 85,000 IRS agents. So that's going to be the first measure to peel that back. But you've got a whole bunch of other things that McCarthy laid out uh, by controlling spending. Let me be very clear. We will use the power of the purse and the power of the subpoena to get the job done. We also talked about the uh, border crisis. No more ignoring a crisis of safety and sovereignty. We must secure our border. 
But McCarthy also discussed being able to block large spending bills and also uh, looking to create a church-style committee to investigate the weaponization of the federal government. And that includes the Department of Justice and the FBI, uh, plus the uh, end of COVID mandates. That was something else that uh, got pretty large applause, uh, especially with McCarthy talking about how the House is now going to be open to the public and no more COVID restrictions. It's the people's house. They should be able to go in. Uh, So uh, interesting to hear the applause after that. Uh, But also some other things that the conservative Republicans, and again, the only reason we have this list of uh, package proposals to control the House was because it was so narrow. If there were a glut of Republicans, the establishment would have just been able to rubber stamp McCarthy through and get him through. But since it was such a narrow uh, you know, vote, it allowed for some holdouts within the Republican Party to force these issues to be addressed. The border, uh, oversight of the Biden administration's Department of Justice, uh, controlling spending, just some of those things. Plus the origin of COVID, uh, he laid out that they're going to look into uh, and uh, a whole host of things. So the next two years of the U.S. Congress are definitely going to be interesting. And uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, but of course, a lot of what we talk about here is uh, not necessarily what you're going to hear on the uh, national news because we're here in the capital city of Springfield and uh, a lot of action with lame duck session over the weekend so keep it here with springfield's morning news i'm greg bishop on 92.7 wmay springfield's news and talk it's 6 31